What is up, Ty? How you doing, bro? Yo, yo, Eric. Yo, yo, breadheads. Welcome to another episode of Think Fresh Podcast. Oh, man. We have a fantastic episode today uh, with a new guest. And yeah, stick around till, I don't know, a little bit later to check that out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But we, we're going to get into that soon. But first, we got to get into even more pressing news, which is what did Eric do for Valentine's Day? <laughs> um, what didn't I do on Valentine's Day? Um. I had a nice activation at a modern Chinese restaurant here in Vancouver. Have you been to Bao Bay? Of course I've been to Bao Bay. I love posting up at their bar, oh, have dude. a little dumpling action. Absolutely. Their bar is actually really fun. It reminds me of the Kisatanto bar, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because it's nice and wide. You can have a full dinner there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also observe like the random shenanigans around you. Mm-hmm. There's always lots of interesting things to see at the Bao Bay bar. The mm-hmm. bow bar. The bow bar. And I do like being posted up nearby a door in case I need to flee at any moment, but also just keep an eye on who's coming and who's going. You mm-hmm. know, I like to think of myself as like the dark knight of every restaurant, perched <laughs> in the corner, watching the scenes unfold. Absolutely. You can also see your parked car outside, which is always handy in Chinatown. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure no one's going near that, <laughs> near the whip. Yeah. But, anyways, um, funny enough, I actually booked a table there and then they contacted me being like, Yo, just so you know, it's Valentine's Day, so we have an hour and a half limit on tables. But if you want to sit at the bar instead, you can stay as long as you want. Hell yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So we moved our 6 p.m. nice and bright and early rezo mm-hmm. to the bar. And yeah, two guys were already shit-faced at 6 p.m. sitting next to us. So <laughs> the, that's how my night went. Dude, yeah, the lonely Valentine going to the 6 p.m. rezo with the boys. I think it literally was that. I think it was like two boys who um, didn't have dates or maybe just single and enjoying each other's company. Mm-hmm. Thought they might be gay at first. You know what I mean? It was kind of sussing them out. It's a gay-coded situation, but how, what was the outcome of that? Well, okay. The biggest thing that made me think they were gay was they were doing bone marrow shots together. Oh, sick. <laughs> they had the bone marrow, which they shared, obviously, and then were pouring vsop down it into each other's mouths um i was like oh there's for sure a relationship here but then i guess the conversation steered in a different direction so this the assumption kind of went away but um yeah i guess it was a good time they were curious about our tempura mushrooms Mm, how were they (laughs) i think my favorite thing we ordered it was so garlicky and we had a bar activation after where i was talking so close to the waitress's face because it was loud and I was like, wow, I feel so bad for her right now. I'm like <laughs> destroying her nostrils. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You need the defogger on that. <laughs> yeah. I, I have I have tasted those tempura mushrooms. And I got to say, oh, those, things, yeah. those things go so hard. Oh, like, dude. I'm craving one of those right now. I'm in, I'm in my salty season. More on that later. Yeah, dude. They almost made me go vegan. I, was, I swear to God. Oh, man. I'm just <laughs> so chewy. I was like, fuck, these are so good. Well, I'm really glad that you got to have a day where you could share some love with somebody and it doesn't matter on Valentine's Day who you're with and what you're doing as long as you're around people you care about. So it's really good to see other people doing that too. Absolutely. How was your evening? What did you get up to? Oh, dude, I had a lovely evening. I like to do this. This is a a cool move where you light a bunch of candles in your house. You always want to treat yourself on a special day. And I've been treating myself to eating out so frequently as this podcast knows that I thought I'd invert it this year and treat myself by staying in and having oh, a home-cooked meal. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But we turned it into a classy affair, you know? I made a couple French 75s for me and Boo. Mm-hmm. Low, 
let the lights dim some and <laughs> <laughs> Drake voice. And then also, yeah, candlelit affair. Yeah. Put put together a little a little like I feel like when you want to go like fancy at home, you you follow into the like traditional fine dining tropes of like protein, carb, vegetable plated side by side. And I was a victim of that too, that of that dogma. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Like when you do a special date night at home, especially for like a Hallmark holiday, like Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. you really have to bring your A game. You know what I mean? You can't just cook chicken and rice and be like, happy fucking Valentine's Day, babe. (laughs) Fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like you have to, you know, do the candles, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I appreciate the fact that you had the cocktail program up and running, Um, you know, lots of good food dessert perhaps like you mm-hmm. need to really bring all the stops mm-hmm. and sounds like you did that dude yeah it has to be a multi-course affair for sure like this ain't no girl dinner this is this is v-day dinner you know so yeah, absolutely but i i have a struggle eric because all of my favorite vegan meat op- alternatives are going out of business they're <laughs> not surviving inflation there's no demand no one wants to eat like factory made fake vegan ribs yeah <laughs> I mean, no one did before. <laughs> I guess to be so. fair, so it was doomed to fail, right? But when you kind of plan a whole meal around being able to pick those up at a grocery store, and after three grocery stores, you Google the brand and they're bankrupt or gone away, and every yeah. other one is too. Makes you wonder. Well, okay, I actually saw a, like Yahoo Finance video last night where it was like all DTC brands are just done. <laughs> Like they've they've all failed basically. Like I don't know if you've seen Casper's stock recently. It's ah, literally like three cents. Interesting. Like they've all gone away. Um, and I think it's the market, but also I don't I don't think people give a shit anymore. Right. People suddenly realize that maybe their identity can't be uh, projected via their mattress or <laughs> their like yeah. uh, like simulation sausage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Graphic design can only do so much for mm-hmm. a company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It has to have a good product and like history history that goes a long way you know i mean experience yeah well there's kind of this like millennial myth that existed for a long time which is that there is an objectively good like there's an objectively best product to solve any problem and casper kind of was the first company to do that like we're going to make objectively the best mattress at the best price to solve the problem of owning a mattress <laughs> you're about to disrupt sleep we're yeah we're gonna we're changing <laughs> sleep forever <laughs> And then I think like maybe the millennials stop falling for that. You know, they're like, maybe, maybe that actually isn't the narrative anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I can see us, you know, five years ago being like, uh, babe, I made you this impossible burger that we're going to eat on our <laughs> um, Sunday's furniture chairs mm-hmm. and then go, you know, do something in our Casper mattress act- afterwards. <laughs> A little af- Casper activation <laughs> on v- Valentine's exactly. Day. Exactly. It's on the menu listed as like, Casper dessert. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, the brands thing has to go. You know, it's, gotta I mean? go. it's uh the DTC direct to consumer route is not working out so, anymore. So what's gonna replace it then? What do we what's left? Big box brands, baby. <laughs> mm, the uh Whole Foods 365 is back on the menu. That's what I ended up eating for dinner was oh. some 365 uh vegetarian pot pie, which oh, honestly nice. totally slapped. Very nice. Did you wait? So was that from scratch or like how did it, how did that work? It like gets prepackaged in like the pie section. 
Hold on. For Valentine's Day, you did a frozen pie? It wasn't frozen, dude. It was refrigerated. Give me a break. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> so you did a TV dinner on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and you were like, hey, babe, we'll smoke a pack of Newports after. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. I see how it could be perceived that way. But I need you to understand that. We we light, light candles. I played... <laughs> I played Romantic jazz music on played Spotify. One on, on, on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's uh, yeah a few <laughs> remaining tracks in the queue that popped in mid meal, but that's okay. Back to me is pretty good. Damn, that's pretty cool, man. What was Bay's reaction? Honestly, I think we both had a great night. I think that's it's good. all about expectation setting, and we thought maybe the night was ruined when we couldn't find our vegan steak, but oh. uh, the Whole Foods came through, and. Uh, DTC's out. Well, that is actually really nice for you to treat it as like a group project. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That really is the equality, equal way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it takes the pressure off. Exactly. It shouldn't be about the man trying to impress the woman every mm-hmm. time. Um, so when it's a group project, that's actually really nice. And then it absolves you of any bad, um, <laughs> you know, mistakes that could happen. Yeah, you totally. I mean? Say the wine store runs out of wine. It's on you now. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like that kind of responsibility on my shoulders, especially no. on a day that could be fraught with disappointment if one little thing goes wrong. You know, mm-hmm. it's like making somebody else a Subway sandwich. There's just too <laughs> many variables that go go wrong. It's probably mm-hmm. as complicated as building a Boeing aircraft. You know, mm-hmm. one screw goes loose and the whole thing's ruined. Yeah, this actually makes me respect tasting menus a lot more because like men like chefs have to like look you up and down and be like they want the gooey duck today Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean like they have to make some really (laughs) risky decisions and sometimes they'll ask what you like but other times you kind of just you know get to cooking and that could go really bad totally they're like looking at eric and they're thinking like can this guy handle our progressive take on the zucchini or should we just skip to course four (laughs) spoiler alert i won't want to handle that (laughs) (laughs) no thank you yeah well anyways let's not um waste any more time time unless you have anything else you want to get out no. before we jump Dude. into this interview yeah we got a great guest uh joining us in just a minute here uh, we'll introduce him as we get in here uh but enjoy it's uh, gonna be a fun conversation all right welcome to think fresh podcast we're joined today by zach schiffman a writer digital producer and as he says on his personal site unfortunately a comedian how are you doing zach uh i'm perfect um yeah unfortunately i guess maybe i should not say that anymore i've been saying that for a while because it's like but i guess no i mean like that's a humiliating thing to say you are it's like no no one is a comedian like dave chappelle is the only comedian i guess yeah true i mean we i had a chuckle when i read that because we also refer to ourselves as unfortunately podcasters yeah (laughs) which is right right you know i feel like our industry is have share that in common a mm-hmm. little bit a little it's bit of a bad reputation <laughs> i i had so many because i was recently and by recently this could have been years ago i was saying i was like why don't people who have like why does everyone have to say podcast you could just say talk show you know like that is sort of like a square rectangle situation like you don't have to say podcast you make we have a talk show about subway yes it's delivered as a podcast anyway <laughs> you know i never thought about that talk shows have so much more credibility but it also that also maybe sounds bad it doesn't matter if we wait till the evening to record, we could call it a late night show. <laughs> yes. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we kind of, we put out our episodes pretty late in the day. So I guess we're kind of like 
I don't know, we're catching the commuters, I guess, in mm-hmm, some, in some are way. Are you guys Canadian? We are, yeah. We are. Wow, how'd you pick up on I that? I knew I'm a genius. I knew it immediately. And uh, you are currently based in New York, isn't that correct, Zach? Yes, I'm in New York. Very so nice. we got to ask you, like, are you hitting the New York subway, not the train system, but the sandwich institution at all these days? I honestly don't think it's that big in New York City. Like, I'm trying to, like, when you guys asked me, I was like, where is the closest subway to me? I didn't Google it. Again, I did no preparation at all, but I have no idea. I literally do not know where the closest subway is to me. <laughs> do you know where the closest train station is? Certainly, yeah. That, that I do know. They're interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. Subways are, like, They just spite. opened a Wetzel's Pretzels inside my subway station. No. Oh, okay. Oh. Which I thought you know- found weird. Uh, it maybe seems weird on the surface. We're very familiar with deep Subway lore at this point. Subway just came out with these really big pretzels that you can kind of eat. They're like a foot long, a foot long pretzel, if you will. But I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps they had to Wait. like make a, uh, a a careful acquisition in order to offer, bring that to market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah Subway has terrible oh. SEO in New York. Like I'm looking right now, you search Subway, try to get me the train. Oh, that's too bad. Mm. Their biggest competitor isn't even in the same industry. <laughs> okay, I do know where the closest one is to me. I found it. I do know where this one is. It's probably closer. I've never been. Yeah. How many blocks? This is probably a 20-minute walk. Oh, that's mm. not bad. Yeah. It's right by the I mean, courthouse. So If you're, like, really hungry, you might want to make right. that. Mm-hmm. What um, if you don't mind ask or sharing? Where uh, where in New York are you? Are you in like Manhattan or? Um... I'm in Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm in Park Slope, Brooklyn. So the closest one to me is near the downtown Brooklyn courthouse. Okay, gotcha, nice. Gotcha. Very nice. Um, cool. So, how was your Valentine's Day? <laughs> uh, whoa, hard pivot. <laughs> um, whoa, uh, it was fine. My boyfriend was out of town on a work trip. So I went to dinner. I honestly ended up getting sort of to be an amazing friend because I got to go to dinner with my friend who was recently dumped and all my single friends. And so I was like, yeah, I'm actually not engaged with Valentine's Day. I'm going to be a good friend because my boyfriend was on a work trip. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, totally. As long as you're just around people that you appreciate. I tried to get Eric to go to Subway with me (laughs) on Valentine's Day, but he was unfortunately too booed up. Whoa. (laughs) They're open on Valentine's Day? You think it'd be a national, or well, I guess Canada has different holidays. Oh, well, the thing is, like, I feel like there's a, the Venn diagram of sandwich artists and single people are like the same group. So right. they don't have anything to do today. They're, they have a, <laughs> they have a very employable workforce on the 14th. Right. <laughs> well, you, are you guys going to do, a, are you guys going to do a makeup Valentine's Day there? Yeah, we probably should. Hey, split a, split a foot long, six inches each. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, think so. that's a maybe that's overdue after this episode. Mm-hmm. So you don't go you don't go to your local way, but you have eaten there before. You because we we were really intrigued by you, Zach, because you clearly know your way around food. You you are very well established in the culinary arts of sorts, um, and have many reflections on it that we find intriguing. So you have walked through those doors. You've seen the green and yellow logo. You've smelt the bread. I'm sure. Yes. I have eaten Subway not in New York. Um, I feel like the only thing I like from Subway is the... Ter- Do they still have teriyaki? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That to like me sounds more? awesome. 
Um, I feel like chicken teriyaki sandwiches have sort of fallen out of fashion because, like, or at least like Americanized teriyaki is like not po- as like popular as it was. Maybe how old are you guys? There's no way to know. My guess. Do you want me to guess? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, sure. Twenty nine. You guessed my exact age, dude. Eric really? Twenty nine. Just a few days ago. Yeah. He's he's fresh. <laughs> and how old are you? I'm thirty one. Okay, yeah, I would have guessed you were older. Damn it! Wow, really? Um, but um, I didn't. Um. But when we were growing up, I'm not, I'm a little younger than you guys, but like when we were growing up, like I feel like you could get like chicken teriyaki, like any like chicken teriyaki sandwiches. Like do you remember those um chains at the mall? Well, again, you're Canadian, so there's literally no way to know if there's overlap. But uh you know the chains at the mall that would like have like a big like chicken teriyaki sandwich with cheese on it? Mm-hmm. There was one that was called like Philadelphia sandwich or something like that. Oh yeah, I, yeah I there, was peak and they would teriyaki. Have, like teriyaki was making it was first wave teriyaki in america i think and now teriyaki i feel like has to be pure like i feel like teriyaki now is going to be like some sort of like faithful representation and it's like no i want like um i want like americanized seattle teriyaki. i mean well have you guys ever been to seattle of course of course yeah we're actually on the west yeah what oh yeah the west coast of canada uh, vancouver in canada Canada. vancouver right Mm mm-hmm I'm trying to figure out where that is. There's no now. I'm like like my the map is in my head. Um, but and when I went to Seattle, I went the first meal I had there was a teriyaki meal. It was the most amazing thing. I ended up going and getting teriyaki four times in my like four, three days there. Hell yeah! So I was like, <laughs> I only want to eat this. So where did I was? Oh, so I was drawn to the teriyaki. That's mm-hmm. way. I guess you could say it was the golden brown days of teriyaki back then. Yes, exactly. I think, like maybe society became slightly more cultured and the American teriyaki fell off as a result of that, or perhaps it just changed shape. And now you get the teriyaki in bowl form. You can find that quite yeah, a bit on the sandwich. No, there was a really good bowl place in New York called glazed teriyaki that now I think is out of business, but like, a, t- a teriyaki bo- I'm telling like I think we are like in a teriyaki recession like mm-hmm. it's gonna come back it's gonna, like this is my big trend prediction you guys are getting this first like teriyaki is gonna have a comeback like American chicken teriyaki and you of course beef you know and salmon whatever of the like mm-hmm. sure vegetable I don't care like is gonna have a comeback and it, but a chicken teriyaki sandwich is so important mm-hmm. I actually wait it's so funny I actually okay that you're getting I just I'm working on a new video for work like for New York Magazine, uh, about a restaurant that's like very sceny and strange. And the menu, and like basically the gist with this restaurant is it's like there's a club in the basement and then it's a restaurant on the first floor and then a club in the basement. But the club is only open two days a week and all these like wannabe people go and get reservations at this terrible restaurant thinking that they can go to get that they're going to get like escorted to the club after. It's like, mm-hmm. the cl- and they, so they like, make 10 p.m. reservations at this terrible restaurant on a Tuesday, eat this terrible food, and then find out the club is closed, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of the deal. Like buying, like, floor tickets for the weekend and hoping you're going to get pulled backstage. Right, exactly. Like, there's no... Um, but, like, and so they had... But they did... One of the things I had there... And they say it's farm to table. That Of course, that doesn't mean anything. Um, like, there's no one checking. There's not an agency for that. Yeah, what but, farm? Yeah. <laughs> we right, know there's team. no way to know. Right. There's literally no way. And also, like, in theory, of course, everything's from there's literally no way to know. Um, I'm sure it came out of FedEx from FedEx on a plane. But they <laughs> had uh a ticket, like, sort of like a chicken teriyaki. 
it wasn't like a cutlet and it wasn't it was sort of like grilled chicken teriyaki at this like nice restaurant it was easily 40 dollars for sure and it was just like grilled chicken teriyaki and fries and that actually was the best thing i ate at this bad restaurant but i was because i was like this is awesome no one is doing this okay yeah, dude. so can you describe to me like what is like the playing field here so like it's the best thing at this shitty restaurant how good is it how would you rate this chicken teriyaki with fries combo like i mean honestly it's i honestly enjoyed it i mean it's definitely like something that like you would not order at a restaurant that you are having like a nice drink at like it was like i like i was i I, you know i would definitely not choose to order this anywhere else but i was thrilled to see it and i sort of do like the combination of chicken teriyaki and fries like then because that's awesome like being able to dip the fries in in the teriyaki i think that's gonna be delicious um, yeah it's kind of like a appropriated poutine if you will yeah, yeah right right which is like perfect drinking food as well so like if they are maybe on friday and saturday escorting people into the club afterwards or politely suggesting they go check it out um that's actually a perfect setup right like you have a beer and some fries and mm-hmm. chicken and then you have like seven more shots downstairs the ultimate pre-drink is i disagree i i think i was thinking that about this rest this place because i was like the food was sort of heavy like it wasn't like it was like a really overdressed Caesar salad. So gross. Uh, I'll love to them though. But, and then a burger, and then a burger that I thought was fine. Actually not fine. It was like kind of not good. And then it was like, but it was like, everything was heavy. Even the salad was heavy. And so I was like, if I was like going down to like a club, I wouldn't want to be so full. Like having a meal like that, it's like, you want to just like have a couple of drinks after, I guess, but you don't want to like be standing. You don't want to be like in a crowded hot club when you're like, so mm-hmm. full from like not good food you know True. you don't want to be bloated i guess like the ideal pre-club meal is something similar to keto because you want it's high like protein. sushi i think yeah but sushi burps can be a little weird you know and if you're jumping up and down <laughs> you don't yeah you don't want to accidentally pepper spray the whole room with some fish breath it's a tricky one i'm not really sure what the perfect club food is i want to say it's just like a steak i th- like I a, think it's like cocaine. Like I think it's like not eating. Like yeah, that's probably why that's the most. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Adderall. Like there's yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean yeah. Even to your, to your point, like empty stomach, one drink and you're having a good time. You that's know what true. I mean? you, oh, you of course. Know? When I was in college, I used to take. I found, I realized later on that I was addicted to Sudafed. Um, but I was addicted to Sudafed because I had oversized tonsils. You don't need to know this information, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, I had oversized tonsils, and so I was sick all the time. And so I was taking Sudafed like every day. I think I will die young because my liver is like not good from that. But uh, if you if you take Sudafed, you get drunk off one drink, and I'm already pretty small anyway. So I like had the lowest tolerance in the world because I was taking so much Sudafed. So maybe Sudafed is the good pre-drink thing. Hell yeah, <laughs> you're, you're mixing drugs over there. <laughs> yeah, I gotta ask though. Like, does bigger tonsils give you a better bite? I never thought about that. Like you're, you're this. You can see this as a superpower. It did change my life, though. Okay, my t- no. I don't know if because I don't know. I would love. I would love bigger tonsils. Sometimes I honestly I, think I can swallow food faster. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking for. I tap out at like I the think tenth, I can in tenth or eleventh inch of a sandwich, and I want to hit the whole foot long. <laughs> yeah, I think I could do that. That's impressive. It is. Yeah. Um, speaking of sandwiches, you had a 
recent article where you checked out the meme at Rockefeller Center. Yeah, yeah, great article. Um, there was this probably like 100 episodes ago or something. We talked about the male urge to eat lunch on a steel beam. You literally got to do that, which which is like <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. funny. The male urge to eat lunch on a steel beam. <laughs> like, I think it's within all of us. It you is, know what I mean? Yeah. So, of course, experience. How yeah. how did it feel being up there and eating that? I think it was like an egg egg muffin or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt fine. Ultimately, it was really it was pretty cold up there, and I also was like. I do feel a little guilty because I was given like special permission to eat on that beam. Like you're not supposed to eat on there. And so I sort of feel like it's like dishonest because I feel like people read that thinking that they could go do that. And I'm like, no, I'm different. Um, But it did feel good. It was insanely windy. Like you would have to have, like this was like a pretty flimsy little egg sandwich on a little biscuit, not a biscuit, a brioche. But I feel like you would need a pretty sturdy. Also, you wouldn't want something wet. Like it was kind of wet. And so then I like kind of like got shit on my jeans. So yeah. I feel like you'd want like a dry, sturdy sandwich. Yeah, real hardworking man's blue collar sandwich, you know, like bread, salami, yeah, and that's it. You no know no I mean? vegetables, no sliders. Like, like, but like thick, like thick semolina bread, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, of course. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like if food lands on your lap, it's also landing on, you know, poor pedestrians on the ground floor who are walking underneath the construction mm. site, right? Like when they say, you know, caution men working above, that's what they're talking about. They don't want lettuce landing in their head. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Dude, I didn't realize <laughs> though, like how many ergonomic considerations are into the beam meal. Like you get, like, it's not going to be like, oh, Steven brought soup again. Like keep him off the beam. There's, there's, there's such a limited set of applicable meals for that situation and it's windy for us had to like probably think about that or their their uh housewives at home had to figure out how to like keep them entertained with a different (laughs) form of sandwich every day that was probably where sandwich innovation was really happening at the time actually because this is eating on a steel beam is pre-subway it's pre-fast sandwich Mm -hmm. but you but not to push trouble but you know that picture is fake Yes, that picture I, I was staged. That, uh, yeah, I, I saw that in your article, and I wanted to ask you about that. How do you know it's staged, mm-hmm. and, and why would they stage something like that? So it's sta- it was staged as like I, it's sort of like I don't know what they were getting out of it, but it was staged to be like advertisement for the build, like for the development that they were building at Rockefeller Center. So like they they like took this cool image to be like, look at this amazing thing we're building in New York City. I feel like that was also like the era of like we can build amazing things, and I feel like included in that was like look at these hardworking men building this amazing thing back from the war, eating a sandwich, you know? And so I think it was supposed to be like these hardworking men taking a break. And then these hardworking men are going to give you the place that we now film the today show, I guess. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't know. That photo was actually taken at Rockefeller. Yes, that was, it was taken when they were constructing it. Yeah. Cool. Oh, interesting. Okay. Damn, dude, you can't believe anything you read online or see online. Cause no, Influencers have been trying to dupe us ever since the newspaper was invented. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny enough. I actually, uh, my very, very first job in high school was I was working at this grocery store here in Canada called Save On Foods. And uh, in the bathroom above the urinal, they had that photo just like framed. And I would stare at it every time I'm taking a piss at work. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, what are they trying to tell me with this, <laughs> with this photo? Like, are they telling me to like hurry up and get back to work? That feels so, but also there's something that's so like, (laughs) 
something so like weirdly parallel of like men on a line. You know what I mean? Like a like a line of men. It's like is it telling you to eat lunch while you use while you piss? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, sort of like that's before right. you have harder jobs mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? Yeah, you don't know how easy you've got it. Exactly, yeah. Be grateful for your $11 an hour. Wow. Kind of a weird, like, a very subliminal propaganda happening there. Your minimum wage, wait, was that minimum, wait, when you were in high school, it was $11 an hour? Yeah, and that was, like, competitive for, like, wow. high school. Wow. Yeah. When I was in high school, I worked at uh, Sunglass Hut. Do you, do you have that in Canada? Oh, hell yeah. To me, I'm like, to me, I'm like, you don't, the only brand you have in Canada is now Subway and McDonald's. Obviously not, that's true. Um, <laughs> but I worked at Sunglass Hut and I made seven something an hour. But oh, then wow. I also got commission, which was lucky. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that was I'm... more sense. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember in Canada, we're basically socialist and we have no other, we, our currency is not as strong. So that's a, a very equivalent wage. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> damn absolutely um so okay browsing your archive i, I the st- archive i stumbled on the uh the, the steel beam it was crazy like jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams but anyways that's beside the point um right. you also have a ton of articles about getting into really difficult to get in restaurants and it seems like you get off on Making it into these establishments without uh, a rezo. My other take. I think he likes the rejection. Or you like? I the think rejection. you live for the rejection. <laughs> but we got to know wait, what side you actually. Well, wait, are. wait, yeah, wait. Why do you think? Wait, I want to know why you like why you guys think either way. Okay, Eric. <laughs> well, because I relate to it. I I like to be more spontaneous personally when I'm going out for dinner. Um, like I used to live in the city here in Vancouver, and it was really fun to just you know finish working. Be like, okay, what are we doing? Let's go check out this highly rated restaurant or this other really popular one. Um, I feel like Rezo's, like Rezo culture has kind of killed that a little bit. Is that what you're called, Rezo? Yeah, is that like what the app is called? Reservation. No, just oh, you, like, oh, you just say Rezo for short? Exactly, yeah. yeah. You, you don't do that? Oh. I feel like we would say Rez, just Rez. Or but the app is better. called Rezzy. But I feel like we would say Rez. Like if we were saying something short, but like I got a Rez. Huh. That's yeah. That feels more highbrow, yeah. and I yeah, like yeah, I like that too. <laughs> okay, like R E Z. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's such a good point. We only ever say rezo here. Maybe it, yeah. It I'm learning be- so much. This is ultimately ultim- this podcast has been incredible for me so far. I'm I'm super glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot too. We're officially a bi-coastal podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's kind of like why I relate to it. I'm curious why you think uh, he likes the rejection. Is that kind of like a masochistic kind of vibe uh no it's not any kind of kink or anything i think what it is (laughs) here's what i think it is i think you're chasing a story and if you get into the restaurant that's the narrative everybody expected that's the narrative that is predictable but there's a spontaneity with if you get rejected what will happen next how will this story end and i think both the audience and the protagonist crave that roller coaster journey Boom. I think that my I think my ideal honestly is somewhere in the middle. Um, when the ones that I've gotten seated right away, to me that's been a bummer because it's like, well, then like, what's the story? I mean, the story is like you can stop. I mean, not to be like keep you on the platform, whatever, but it's like that's the end of the story. Like, obviously, you've gotten what you need to know, which like does prove a point that like these places are all being bogus with like their reservation apps and everything like that, and you actually can show up. So the places that I've gotten in right away, that does feel like. 
at least for the video's sake, a letdown. Obviously, for the consumer, maybe not as much. Um, but also, I've I never thought I would actually get rejected. Like Carbone was the only one where I was like maybe. But and there's a few restaurants in the city where like I knew I would for sure get rejected just because of like the way that these places are, the way they're like physically laid out, where there's nowhere for you to walk in, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Four Charles, a few like ta- I mean tasting menu places. Like I obviously can't walk into anywhere like that because they just don't have the capacity. And that also we're like, mid tasting. It, it would be like rude <laughs> to the staff. You know, it's like the staff has to plan at a restaurant like that. Like it's rude. Um, but. No, I mean, I also like to me, the whole point of it was that like to prove that all these things were bogus. And so to me, the ideal was like, they say four hours, it's actually one because one is reasonable. One is like, yeah, you're kind of well, mm-hmm. There That's also it. is the other, the other thing is though, that like, I think that people don't, I think that like, app culture and like reservation apps and things like that make people think they shouldn't wait at all. And to me, that's also stupid. It's like, no, I think we should all live in a world where like, you have to wait 30 minutes to an hour to get a table at a restaurant. And I think we will all be happy like that. Mm-hmm. Restaurants are built for that. Like you get a drink and then you're seated 30 minutes to an hour later. It's not a big deal. Like restaurants should have space for you to stand when you're waiting, get a drink. They'll make more money that way. Cause you'll get more drinks. Like mm-hmm. when I went to Teresi, I thought it was genius that they had that little standing bar area mm-hmm. because they got so much money out of me while I was waiting. Like I got an appetizer there. I got a drink. I probably got, two more i was drunk by the end i like got two more drinks there than i would have if i hadn't stood and waited and had like a designated place to stand and wait right right it's like the restaurant equivalent of a gift shop right yeah Yeah, exactly yeah Yeah, that's that's totally true there's i've experienced that a few times where um you even like can stand outside with like a glass of wine like i think in italy they Mm -hmm. they would yeah that's lovely you know what i mean so there's like a hour-long lineup of people but they're like coming around with a square card reader and you're taking payments for like a little drink here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what's funny actually? I actually, when I was in New York uh, like five years ago, I went to Carbone and I was also rejected. And I felt like we could maybe trauma bond over that a little <laughs> bit because I was like, man, maybe I can just get into this nice place. It was, it was on everyone's recommendation list. Yeah, you, I go you even wore your designer that night. There's no reason they shouldn't have rejected you. I wore my... What designer? At the time, probably my Amiri jeans. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, know what you would have worn. But uh, the bouncer laughed at me as well. <laughs> and I thought that was like, it made me want to go even more. You know what I mean? I'm curious if you share this. Well, that's, what, that's the only reason the restaurant's... No, I, did compl- I disagree. It's the only reason the restaurant's popular is because oh, yeah. they do that. You know, like if they started letting people in, then it's not Carbone anymore. Then it's just another Italian restaurant in a neighborhood with a bunch of other better Italian restaurants, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're the Hermes of New York Italian dining. Right, you got to know someone, know someone to get the Birkin rigatoni. It makes a lot of sense, dude. And it's just, and there's think, much better places down the street. Yeah, of course, and it's the same case with Subway. There's better sandwich shops, but you got to work a little bit to get that sandwich. You know, you got to collaborate with another human. <laughs> you got to lay the cheese and the meat and the tomatoes together. Wait, well, do you guys have? Okay, well, I, I, I was interested in this because I. Do like there are sub sandwich chains that I like. I love Potbelly. Do you guys have that? No, never heard of it. Wait, what's it called? Pop Potbelly. Potbelly. Pot. No, we don't have that. What what's the what's the deal with Pot Potbelly? I think it's a Midwestern thing. Cause I'm from Chicago originally, and it's uh, and I think it started like Indiana, but it's like the whole thing is that the sandwiches are sort of toasty. They like, they toast the bread. They go through a big thing. Hell yeah. Um. 
They're a little slimmer than Subway. The bread is a little crustier. They have an amazing chicken salad. Um, they have really good milkshakes, and they put those little um, cookies that are like a flower with a hole in the middle on the straw. They have very good cookies. Um, but they, yeah, they have, and it's really good. It's like, it's a, it's cheap. It's good. You can get them like big. They have them as bigs or smalls instead of like six inch or, or foot long. They have like bigs or smalls. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I like that measurement system better. <laughs> I know. Personally. Pat Belly was pr- pretty, Pat Belly was pretty big when I was growing up. And then we also had Jimmy John's. Do you guys have that? Oh yeah. We do. Yeah. 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 Familiar. Jimmy John's is like nothing. Like Jimmy John's has like five options, but there's something nice about simplicity. Mm. Jimmy John's feels like my fridge. You know, you open the door and there's only five options. Right. <laughs> um, do you guys have Quiznos over there? Uh, Quiznos, I think so. Is that? I don't think of Qdoba. Yeah, I think we have Quiznos. Yeah, it's kind of similar to Subway in that they like physically, just on appearance based, they look very similar however you don't really get to customize too much mm-hmm. kind of just pick from a menu and then I think there's a few options here and there but um i would say here in canada they're probably the biggest opposition to subway mm-hmm. i don't think i have a i don't think i've ever had quiznos ever ever oh, yeah sir i'm actually definitive on that i don't think i've ever had it you got to draw a line in the sand somewhere yeah do you guys only eat Subway or do you like also like other like small places you like in? We're going to be real with you, Zach. Even at 300 episodes, we don't really like Subway. Yeah, of <laughs> course. So I, you have to assume. No one, no one truly enjoys Subway. There might be a twisted, like, you know, guilty pleasure feeling at the end of a club night or maybe mm. at the end of a long shift working on the steel beams. It feels like a little freaky. It feels like, ooh, we're breaking some rules if we go here. Like people. Right. Oh, people like church and state. Going, yeah, absolutely. It's like being an investigator. It's like it's like when they it's like you can't you know if you report on crypto you shouldn't own crypto. Mm-hmm. Conflict. Like that thing about how Michael Lewis wrote that book about crypto, but then you found out that he owned a bunch of crypto. That sort of thing. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we we're not shareholders in Subway. I don't know if you can, <laughs> right. but if we were, we would definitely be uh, putting the stock more down than up, likely on the average. <laughs> right. Episode. Right. Yeah, right. We'll general sentiment on this podcast about subway is pretty negative i think i'd say i think it's interesting i think it's a fascinating like sector you guys cover jared uh he comes up (laughs) it's hard to what's he up to is he is he in jail yeah oh yeah he's incarcerated forever he's making uh like prison sandwiches now yeah, he's, Is he's he going to die in there? What's the deal? Noodles and, and putting those in sandwiches. Or stewing them in the toilet or something. <laughs> Jared <Think> Fogel. <laughs> I mean, this this is a great oh my God, uh, for your next piece on, on New York Magazine. You know? <laughs> I honestly forgot that his thing was that he lost weight from Subway. That was like a whole... Th- that was why he was famous. Yeah, dude. Who knew Wait. that eating as much sandwich as possible could make you smaller? <laughs> Wait, did, I feel like Subway has gotten rid of the fact that they're healthy. I feel like in recent memories, that's not the deal anymore, right? I think they hard pivoted. Yeah, I think it's more about the freshness of it now. But I think the health, like the word, the H word is banned in yeah. in corporate. You yeah, know? They, they're they, not allowed to use that in marketing materials. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're not even allowed to. <laughs> Pro- likely no. 
I, I think they've gone full sport mode. I think they're like, we are the game day fuel for whatever the sport you're doing is. Like, if you want to run the entire pitch, you better have 12 inches of sandwich in your stomach to fuel you across it. But you know what I'm loving on this website, this subway.com? That I'm loving when, and I love this, and this is honestly when I would get Subway. I love a, like when you get a, like, um, um, a, like a sandwich that's this big, you know, like, like a, a little, little bite. You know what I'm like a, a party burger. party size finger sandwich. Maybe yeah, you find at the Centurion Lounge or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like the third the third plating at the seven course dinner is this little sandwich. Something like that. <laughs> or, or just like getting a, tr- a sample size. Like when you're like, when they're like, when you're getting like a, not a, f- when you're getting like, when you eat like a three inch, is that crazy? Like four inch. So, you know, like a little cut in half one. And then you end up eating more sandwich than you would have anyway, because but you go like go to a big platter and there's like, you know, different options. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes the three inch is all you need. It's, mm-hmm. it's enough to satisfy the craving and get the job done. You know, I don't think anyone needs more than three inches, but uh, big way wants to convince us that we need all 12. <laughs> oh my God, this is wrong. Wait, sorry, I'm looking at the website. I'm sorry if this is derailing it. No bready bowls? This is wrong. <laughs> no it looks so, uh, it looks really upsetting. Please, please expand. Yeah, what are you, that, what that, are you talking have about? Have you guys not looked into this? Wait, it's here. like a, it's basically like a salad with deli meat on top. <laughs> what? <laughs> We've never heard of this. Three hundred episodes. Wait, deep. go go to the go to subway.com and then I guess you have to do en slash dash us because I'm in the United States. They might not have it in Canada, but they have a sign called No Bready Bowls, and it's even has a trademark. I'm not kidding. It says the reserve logo on there, and it's oh my god, this is so wrong. But I I definitely want one. It's the bowl option. Oh, I see. Yeah, I have bready bowls. Oh, it's literally no, no bready bowl. No bready bowls. Like to be like, I think it's like a play on bread bowl. That is wrong. When you said no bready bowls, I thought you were expecting to find bready bowls, and, they, <laughs> and you were shocked at that there were none. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what do you mean they got rid of the bready bowls? <laughs> Dude, that's crazy that they can offer no bready bowls side by side a foot long churro. Like, are they healthy or are they not? Pick one. That's crazy. You know, actually, I went down a TikTok rabbit hole recently of watching people make deli meat at home. Do you know how they make deli meat? I'm aware of how the sausage is made, but no, de- no further deli meats. Mm-hmm. That they so deli meat is essentially sausage, but blended so finely, like into a true liquid. Like a sausage is like sort of chunky, and then they case it. Deli yeah. meat is like they're blending it essentially into a, like a truly into a liquid, and then they encase it, and it re gets hard again. What? It's like sausage pulp? Yeah, it's pulp. Like deli meat is Huh. It's it's like the you know, it's I can't find a think of a better equivalent. Yeah, but it's like why it's like what? A chicken a turkey doesn't look like like how do you think they're making that shape? This like giant hunk like thing of that they shave? Yeah, yeah. No, it makes it makes a lot of sense because like the ham as well, it's just a pink anonymous blob. You know what I mean? Right, that's, not, like, that's not what ham looks like, actually. You don't think they're taking out the bones? No, they're just getting the meat off and blending it as crazy as they can. No, exactly. Like, prosciutto is coming from the the pig, I'm, I'm guessing, right? Potentially. <laughs> Whereas, you have like, to assume. I, I, one would assume. And I guess the overlords at Subway are taking the pig, throwing it in the Vitamix, and liquefying it. Mm-hmm. 
But what I don't get about it is if they have the ability to mold it to any shape, like we're pretty as a society proficient with plastics. Why can't, why do we make it a blob? You could turn the ham into a, like back into the shape of a pig or literally any other appealing shape. We could, we could have a, a whole creative industry around reshaping meat with this pulp, but it's non-existent. I think there's a market for that. Okay. <laughs> I think so too. Um, it's all, I think it comes back to food corporations, like not like real farmers or anything like that, but like food mega corporations that are taking the final product and put positioning it as far as possible away from the actual animal mm-hmm. so that people are more likely to consume it and maybe disassociate any like hard feelings that there might be, right? Yeah. So if the ham doesn't look like anything, the chick, the chicken. Right, that's true. Or, like you don't want it to look like anything. This yeah, is so it's better to put that in my sandwich because I feel like I'm just eating uh, like spam or something, like right. play, like play food. Yeah, <laughs> Play-Doh. <laughs> Damn, yeah, you're right. That's true. I can I can see the uh, writing gears turning in your head, Zach. What do you what do you think right now? Is this is this inspiring for a piece or how can we workshop a subway article for you? <laughs> um, I definitely do not. You know, I, I don't get to. You know, I, I don't get the final say on what I get to write, and so I think there is uh, no chance that the people above me would ever be interested in a subway article, unless there's other breaking news like Jared again. Right, right. So unless Turn- unless there's news like Jared again, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's pretty interesting. How do you um, how do you receive like requests to write? Like, how does that process work? Like p like PR requests, like from like pub like, or just from your boss. I'm not sure who that oh. is, but oh yeah, from my boss. I mean that sort of thing is like they'll say you know they'll be like does this look interesting to you, and then I'll look into it, and then you know that sort of becomes a conversation. Um. Or I'll see something and I'll say, okay, this looks interesting to me. Can I write about this? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I in theory, I guess I, there is some sort of subway angle. This bready bowl, I will say sometimes like they, like for example, they had me try, like if, if subway did something really disgusting, there's a chance that I could get to try it. Mm. Like when, uh, when Starbucks did the olive oil drinks, I went and tried all the olive oil drinks. Yeah. I drank um, one of those last night. I would love your take on it. Um, one of them I didn't mind. I don't remember which one. One of them I didn't mind. For the most part, they were foul. Mm. <laughs> I I watched my barista shake it like it was a cocktail shaker, and I thought, well, at least it's worth the money if a human has to move their arms. If there's like, if he has to like get the points on his Fitbit on it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I might be self initiated. No, yeah. If Starbucks, so if, Star- if they did something really gross, maybe. I mean, there's no shortage of those opportunities. I mean, I don't know if you've what been was paying- the whole thing with Subway. Was there a whole thing where they had spread on the ground? Was that Subway? Uh, it's very plausible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would believe it, but yeah. there was a controversy. Okay, yeah, there was a controversy. Subway bread that they were storing the bread on the ground. No way! How uh, did this miss our guest? I, think- I mean, you're here to hear first, folks. Um, Subway storing the bread on the ground. I'm assuming in a box, at least. Hopefully. Oh, no. Maybe that's... Like, no, I think it was that. Yeah, they store them on the ground. I don't remember what it is. I gotta find it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways, they, they, they have no shortage of controversies. The tuna mm-hmm. was being questioned. The authentic, authenticity of the tuna. Mm-hmm. We'll never the, really know. The sugar content of the bread. 
um, makes it a dessert in Ireland, yeah, legally speaking. Cake, yeah, that is um, awesome. Right, uh, and cake. But, yeah, cake. They don't put sugar in it. They put yoga mat microplastics in it too. <laughs> that I just saw. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, take your pick, man. There's uh, you could probably do one, you know, essay on all of these things. I don't think the most interesting part about Subway, though, is its uh, relationship with controversy. I think it's its relationship with human identity. Every person that goes into Subway is making a sandwich themselves that is a reflection of their desires in that moment. Maybe you got extra cheese because you're having a bad day. Maybe you got the no bready bowl because you're trying to like reform how you live. You know, it's a reflection of who you are and it's specific to every person because everyone gets to make it themselves. Yeah, but I think that Subway sort of has lost. I feel like Subway is not known for that anymore. You know, like I feel like Chipotle and Sweet Green and other like bowl places now are more the identity thing. Hmm. Do you think it the going it's kind of going back to our conversation with the teriyaki though? Like maybe the bowl is just too powerful. The bowl is the black hole of the food industry. It's well, there, it's a vat, and also I feel like people have this like subway, like sandwiches. I feel like there's like built-in associations of like mustard goes with this kind of thing. You know, I feel like people do have that sort of. So, whereas like a bowl, it's like you could do anything. But, you know, like people, I've ordered with people where like I've I've witnessed my friends who order sweet green salads and been like, I actually I can't respect you anymore because you think that those things go together. <laughs> mm Hmm. There's, yeah, there's no, bo- there's no like. Whereas that's less common with a sandwich, I feel like. Right. Mm. Sandwiches have been around too long. They've been, there's, there's too many. Since too the much, beams. Yeah. Too many layering, <laughs> too many things. Yeah. The beams are affecting our ability to create, which is a strange outcome. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the bowl, there's no ceiling to what you could put in a bowl at this point. You could fill it with alpha getty and uh, like tomato slices and mm-hmm. call that a, call that a bowl. Yeah. But how do we feel about the carb options at Subway? Because historically speaking, they've had wraps, flatbread, um, the footlong bun. Now they have a pretzel. There's there's ways to get outside, break outside the box mm. of the the sandwich, uh, the glass ceiling, if you will. Breaking bread, <laughs> you could say. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think I have fallen for many eating disorder scams like flatbread in my life. So I think I've definitely eaten Subway flatbreads before. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell you know, yeah. I, yeah, I certainly have. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think I've a, a Subway flatbread has graced my palate. I'm curious, like, what's the move there? Do you get just tomato slices on it and a little drizzle of the marinara? No, I, I think we, you get... I, <laughs> we can dissect that, but... He's lying. You, I know he's lying. Yeah, I've we, tried to make my own with the flatbread. We we tried to make a pizza once with the marinara. The way you like threw that out there as if you didn't try it yourself, <laughs> it's hilarious. So this podcast is like not journalistically sound. Well, I'm here to fact check. I'm I'm the little right. like flag on Twitter that says that's <laughs> right. False. Right. Okay. Maybe I've had something similar to this. I I black out every time I'm in the podcasting <laughs> booth. Were you um, originally the co-host, or were you brought in to fact check? <laughs> I'm here purely for journalistic integrity. So right, um, right. Okay. I'm actually a subcontractor and we are unionized, I'm happy to say. Oh, good. I'm glad. Thank God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess health insurance is not a big part of your union because you're in Canada. Yeah, we don't need that. We, we can just yeah, walk it's in. it's not a part of your contract. Up with Ozempi and head out. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Start, Subway, 
Subway should start giving out Ozempic as sort of like a new Jared. Ooh. I like that. I like that too. You know, today I'll opt out of the cookie, but maybe I'll get, you know, 300 cc's of Ozempic. I'll get the shot. Yeah, I think that's good. There's a there's a lemongrass shot, there's a wheatgrass <laughs> shot, and then there's right, the, a, B, the a B12 <laughs> shot or whatever it is. Exactly. So yeah, flatbread, tell us about it. Mm-hmm. What's your take? What's I, the I, I have no recollection, but I definitely know that like, you know, as a, uh, you know, as a adolescent insecure, you know, closeted gay man, I was like, yeah, I guess I should be thin. So I should got to eat flatbread. So I feel like that was the choice I made. Hmm. So did you, did, was the logic like flat bread, flatter stomach? I think it's just like smaller, reduced, mm, less. less. Yeah, less lesser. of. Yeah. Yeah, less that of. Yeah. I guess that flatbread ha- does play in that in that. It's like area. physically less. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, we know is a myth because, like, for example, I mean, I don't like I'm Jewish and matzah is like very calorically dense, very thin. So not, you know. It feels like the flatbread is just a literally a condensed like loaf of bread. Like it's like someone yeah. sat on it, kind of, and so it's like the same. And that I'm sure that's how they make it. Yeah, mm, probably. Yeah, literally. So, yeah, I don't know. It's hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but mm-hmm. yeah, we all felt for flatbread. I can see Subway, the marketing team, being like, "Here, let's introduce this new thing to further ourselves in this." Um, I don't know journey to appear as healthy. Mm-hmm. Now that you're like at out of your flatbread era, do you have what, what's your favorite food right now, Zach? I mean, one of my favorite, it's funny that you say Subway now has this. I definitely will check it out. One of my favorite foods is pretzels and soft pretzels specifically, but I've seen that they're anti-ends and I don't love anti-ends. Um, mm. So that might not, might disqualify it for me. Um, my favorite food right now. Um, That's a pretzel brand. It's so hard to say. Do you my like the pretzels? Food. Because you like that, like that Malden salt burn on your mouth? See what I did there? Yeah, I see. Yeah, there's something there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I used to think that pretzels were just bread that you put salt on. I didn't know that you had to like do an egg wash and put them in baking soda. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Interesting. I made pretzels once. It was it was tough. The hardest part is actually tying the knot because it's really goopy. So you're right. kind of like working with like pizza dough, but trying it's to like doing make... a balloon animal. Yeah, giving it shape. <laughs> yeah, it's very circus like. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's also the easiest balloon animal to make. It's like. Guys, I fucked up. So here's a pretzel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's the default. Brilliant. Cool. Now I could be into pretzels. I I'm in a in a salty era right now. You know, I'm digging olives a lot. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. like just cracking a few. I feel like maybe it comes with age where you start losing your taste buds. I've just been cracking a little extra Malden on on my meals lately. Mm-hmm. I feel like a deer. It's a nice addition. Mm-hmm. A deer. I like Malden. Yeah. Uh, I have an important question for you, Zach. Um, with your ongoing series of getting into, hard to get into restaurants, what is the Mecca? Is Carbone could be the one in New York, but mm. abroad, what are we What are we thinking? Is it is it Noma, perhaps? Or um, Well, Noma's closing. Um, Nobu, would, I would never. My friend has, my friend has like a never-ending gift card there. Her fa- parents keep giving her gift cards there. Um Beautiful. I guess, well, also, I mean, this, I guess I'll let you guys in on a little secret for whenever this comes out. I might not come out at the same time, but that Carbone was the Mecca and we're, the series is changing 
in the new mm. in, in the new year. So this video I told you about at this restaurant that was a club, that's the, the beginning of a new series. So the oh cool Carbone was the end just because it sort of became repetitive with the getting into the restaurants where it's like, you know, it's like uh, there's not – and I also think restaurants sort of caught on that like – and they I think a lot of them have changed their reservation policies. So not to be like I did it, but everyone's welcome. Um, so the Mecca, I think <laughs> – A rezo. I think – I do think that like Carbone was I definitely the most requested one. Nice. And I have no interest in going there. I I've, I don't think the food is that good probably. Yeah. <laughs> Likely not. Yeah, I had a, yeah. a res to quote you um, at the one in Vegas and things happened and I wasn't able to go. Um, but it made me think like, does Vegas just kind of like carbon copy other places and Dude, then do like a Vegas version of it them? It totally does. They have a Nobu now too. Everyone's yeah, that's the whole deal. Vegas says it's mids. Everything's like a, I feel like I'm in a, you know, you see the city in but China. But not the sphere. That is awesome. And we got to get one of those in New York. I'm desperate for one of those to be in New York. Mm, it'll look like your podcasting microphone. Yeah. I'm, oh my, I, that'd be my dream. Are you kidding? I, if they, they have to bring a sphere to New York. It's the only option to save New York city. Yeah. Get rid of that stinking MSG and just put a big glowing sphere in the middle. Mm-hmm. They will never get rid of that thing. I would love that. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like those Chinese cities where they like replicate another famous city in the world. Have you yeah, seen yeah. that? Yeah, with yeah, like, seen a, that. with like a fake Eiffel tower in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like to me what Vegas restaurants are. Yeah, a little bit. Hey, it's all simu. Vegas is the simulation. It is this. It's like genetically modified food of cities. Yeah, literally. Well, don't say that because there is some good stuff in Vegas, and there's something fun about like. Oh, well, it's fun. I don't yeah. know. There is, yeah. There's, and I think there's creativity there. They're like willing to like make food that's disgusting and fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> the shock value to that for sure. And yeah. Like, a, a fun narrative that unfolds when you go out. You're you're going to be surprised no matter what. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um. Yes. A friend of ours, friend of the pod, Jason Stewart, wrote a article on Grub Street about horses, and in Los Angeles, in yeah, on Sunset. Oh. And- yes. He- the uh, oh my god, I love his podcast. I have. Has he been on the podcast? Yeah, he's he been has. On. Yeah. I th- I think he probably I tweeted at him once because I think he doesn't uh, I, I don't think it was well received. I would love to be a guest on that podcast because I think I'm the first ever gay guy that could teach those two some manners. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pass it on. Wait, what, um, what was, they had a, they had and a, talk about someone who I think would order a flatbread <laughs> subway. Chris Black, that guy would order a. Chris Black is walking into a subway and ordering shredded lettuce on a flatbread. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a veggie delight kind of guy. Dude, gross counting carbs for sure. Yeah. I mean, respect. No, he's getting a bready bowl. He's actually getting a bready bowl, seriously. Yeah, half size. Yeah. <laughs> but God, that podcast, is hel- <laughs> that, uh, that podcast is makes me laugh. Oh, my God. Well, make, what makes you laugh? Sorry, I didn't hear you. How long gone? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Fantastic body I, work. I'm going to teach the two of them some manners. I love it. What's the, yeah? What's one piece of advice you'd give those two gents on on being more polite? Um, ask your guests questions. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> would you like to say more? <laughs> no, I think that's where I'd start. I, I genuinely love that podcast. I'm a huge fan. I love the way they talk to people. We we are as well. Yeah, we're we are we're as big, well. Fans. big fans. Um, but how would you compare us to them in terms of just you know 
ability to get along. Oh, you guys think you look like them? Is that the thing? No, no, no. no. Oh. We we just have a podcast with two bros. You on. sort of do look a little. You do look a little like them. <laughs> or like just the, the slightly smaller, slightly um more more <laughs> Canadian version, slightly right. Less- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, how could you make yours more like them? No, no, no. Uh, we don't need to do that. We're mm-hmm. we're we're thinking about. Uh, you, you mentioned that they are impolite, or like you, not not your words, but something along those lines. Uh, yeah. How do we compare to them? Who would you rather go to? Oh, I think with? you guys have had wonderful manners. Tremendous. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. We <laughs> yeah, appreciate. That's can- I mean, that's the Canadian thing, of course. It probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're just a little bit more racist. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, okay. I, I just want to get back to the article that Jason wrote. He mentioned that a a lot of good restaurants would benefit from a controversy mm-hmm. <laughs> because then it o- kind of opens up the resi. You know what I mean? Like it allows other people to come in and uh, get to experience the restaurant. Maybe it's more the consumer that will benefit from that. But what do you, what do you think? Does, is Carbone ripe for a, um, you know, mm, domestic abuse allegations. Shake up, yeah. You know, Grub Street would like it. Oh, they would be frothing at the mouth. Yeah. Wait, I might have to hop off in a sec. I'm so sorry. Um, can you repeat the question? Is Carbone ready for a major controversy in order to open up the resi? No, because everyone who goes there doesn't care. I think Horses was different. I think Horses was like a very different crowd. Like, I think Horses was a crowd that cared about restaurants. I think the crowd that goes to Carbone doesn't care. No, like the crowd want- that goes to Carbone, like, I, like people who go to Carbone, don't care about restaurants. Right, they right. want the pick of the spicy rig. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't care. So I don't think they, that they would be deterred at all. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Makes sense. If anything, controversy might fuel attention to it. Mm, yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's like you feel naughty going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the subway effect. Absolutely. Um, Zach, we don't want to keep you uh, if you have stuff to do, but. We no, I'm really so sorry. I'm just still working, but this has been amazing. I've, I, I'm the one being rude with no manners that I'm getting messages from work while I'm doing this crazy. No, oh, you're giving your time to us, and we really appreciate it. The listeners had no clue that yeah. you were typing, but it's all good. We yeah. really appreciate the time, and uh, especially on a Friday afternoon, taking away from your busy work schedule. So, yeah, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Uh, this has been incredible. I hope I was amazing. I assume I was. You were fantastic, and um, our listeners, our loyal breadheads, um, probably have very enjoyed, very much enjoyed having you on here. Is there any? Parting words you want to share with them before we jump off? Parting words? Um, I don't know. Like, support support teriyaki, I guess. Like, let's make this comeback happen. It happens to happen from the groundswell. Like, I'm really – and I'm not saying hibachi. I'm saying teriyaki, bowls, that sort of thing. So let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. It's making me think you're in the pockets of Big Yucky. Mm-hmm. This, this episode was sponsored by Big Yucky. <laughs> All right. all right zach thank you so much for joining us today breadheads thank you for listening think fresh everybody ciao